Whisper in the yard and turn the trees all into toys. Lay there on the ground and turn the dirt into your joy. Before you start to drift and your soul begins to scream, I just wanted to tell you that you're listening to a dream. Pace's Playground. Pace's Playground Podcast. First off, I've got to go with the kiss-ass part of the interview because I've got to thank you for your music, sir. I've been a fan of Korn since 1999, and uh, I know you cool. got a mail from your uh, for fans saying that if it wasn't for your music, they would have killed themselves. And uh, I might, I might have been one of those guys, man. You know what? <laughs> I, me too. Honestly, <laughs> thank you very much for the compliment. First of all, and then uh, I don't know. You know, Jonathan and I, we often say. We often What we might be doing if it wasn't for this band as well. You know, it's not only the fans that I think has found some sort of salvation in the music or, you know, an escape. Um, it's, it's been us too. It's, it's our, it's our drug, you know. Because I, I remember I was uh, brokenhearted. I was 17 or 19 at the time, and I was just depressed, sitting on my couch like a big human potato and flipping through the channels. And then my eyes caught the uh, Freak on a Leash video, and that was the very first corn song I've ever heard. And when you hit the bridge, the very low, hard, intense bridge, then I realized that being sad sucked and that I should be rather angry and use that anger towards something, towards building something. And since that very day, I've been a hardcore fan of all things new metal, especially corn. And uh, I've always wanted to thank you in person for that opportunity to discover first your music and then the emotional implication of what music could be. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's a nice compliment, man. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's flattering, it, that, you know, that Not only yourself, but so many people have have uh, think about corn this way. And um, I think a lot of you know we have meet and greets every day where we meet fans, and I think a lot of them, you know, I think they get a little nervous. I, I know, like I do, when I meet one of my favorite musicians or whatever, uh, or other other people in in the bands, even out here in the Mayhem tour that we're doing. And you you, you think about what you want to say to them and and how much their music and you kind of you don't want to geek out on them I guess you don't want to sort mm -hmm. of you know you just want to kind of have a normal conversation with them but at the same time you're like impressed and you're uh, you're you're having a hard time being just yourself in front of those people that you that you admire in a way I've got at home both videos from Corn Who Then Now and Deuce and it is very That's interesting funny stuff man That's such funny shit dude. <laughs> I and mean, it is, you know, it's just us basically making, I think, our first two albums and us having a good time and uh, just being young and, and without, you know, much care. It's just funny and interesting to compare uh, the people you are, the, the guy you are in the first video and then the guy you are in the second video and then the, gu the guy you are now part of. Corn 3, I guess, but you yourself jumping around with your uh, Grammy medals around your neck, just being happy because you sold, I don't know, I think you, uh, Lifey Speech, you went platinum at that time, and uh, you guys looked so, like, naive in a way. This must have changed since that day, so where do you stand now as, as a person in that industry? I think, you know, we have families, you know, at this point where we all have children, Um, we all kind of have to have a really delicate balance of, you know, uh, um, obviously we work really hard. Um, that's sort of just 
that's all we know how to do. You know, we just kind of get up in the morning, put our pants on, and go to play music. And we do it because we love it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, the house isn't going to make you happy. It's not another car. It's, you know, it's about creating the music and, and getting to see the reaction, I think, on the fans' faces when you go to the different cities and, and play for them. Uh, that's where we get our enjoyment. I think it's just, but there's a fine balance between work and home now. It was just about the band, and that was it. And I think now that we're older, we kind of understand what's important to us. Obviously, the band is, but obviously our families are too. Reserve some energy and some time for ourselves and our families. I remember you uh, saying on the Deuce DVD that because you had sold so many albums from the first one and the second one that your bank accounts first got bigger and so did your dick. So I was wondering, uh, with all the sales from the following albums, has your dick got any bigger? <laughs> Uh, not really. I'd like to think so, but you know, I think it's prob- that was probably an ego-based statement there. Uh, what was uh, the experience wor- working with uh, Ross Robinson on Corn 3 uh, after so many years? Um, yeah, so it's just, it was one of those, it's a relationship where there's, no time has passed, you know, it's just, we picked up right where we left off, basically. Uh, we have, uh, The same methods, the same way we recorded on two-inch tape. It was, um, you know, we have sort of these kind of little um, sort of, uh, let me think, sessions before each each song, each each time we record. And then it's just, uh, Ross kind of gets in your head and trying to find out, you know, where the song, what it makes you feel and where it's coming from. And um, he doesn't want you to think about it too much. He wants you to just kind of play it from your heart and just trying to know what you're doing <laughs> enough to get through the song, which is um, captures that raw emotion and kind of captures the moment and the energy on the tape. And I remember him uh, again on the video, I think the first one, uh, saying naively on, on, on camera that if there's something about corn, they're themselves. And he's saying like like that way. Is, is, is he still uh, that kind of guy? He's really, he's, he hasn't changed a bit. I mean, He's uh he's pretty incredible. He's he's one of the most spiritual people I've ever met and uh and that resonates right through through his music, you know. He's able to pull out raw emotion out of people like I've never seen anybody do before. That's his gift. I remember you saying that uh have, having head on the band uh was somewhat your um creative muse because you would feed on his energy, and then just add something more, and then that would build up the uh, guitar part of Korn, which, to my sense, to my knowledge, is the very base of the sound, very low, seven-string guitar. Now that for some years he's gone, how did you modify your approach to music writing, and was it difficult at first to uh, to be that uh, intense in your music? I think I had to um, develop a sense of melody, You know, because that's where he always, he always, he really shined in, on the melodic side of the band. And I was more of like the rhythm player. So, so I had to kind of develop my sense of melodies and really kind of split my brain into two, like say left and right speaker. I, I kind of like recorded the rhythms kind of left and right and then split up the melodies or the sounds so that it has a nice rounded sound, but it definitely made me become a better player and a better mm-hmm. songwriter. So it did definitely step, step things up for me. It was a little difficult in the beginning, 
you know what? If he's if he's going to leave, then I, I have to step up, and it's time for me to to, to show people and show and really prove to myself that I can do this. I got it. I got this. Is uh, your background as a rhythm guitar player and your forced role into uh, a lead guitar player after the leave um, of Head may explain the change of tempo into Korn's music from the Untouchable album, so forth and so on? I think I'm just trying new things and, and still, you know, it's just, you know, music is an endless possibilities with, with the 12 notes. <laughs> okay. There seemed to be a movement within the corn fan base, whereas a split occurred between quote-unquote old corn and quote-unquote new corn, and that wedge happens between issues and untouchables. How would you explain the change of sound? I think, you know, I think fans have to understand that through the years, it's, you know, you don't want to, as, as an artist or a songwriter, you can't just keep writing the same songs. You have to grow and develop and experiment with different uh, different melodies, different producers, different song structures, you know, even experimenting with different instruments. It all sort of stimulates the creative, the creative flow in songwriting. And I think it's just the evolution of corn, you know. I think um, people need to understand that fans try to understand there's a... You have to keep things interesting for yourself. You don't want to just keep writing using the same formula. You want to kind of step out of the box and uh, try some new, something different, you know, because uh, you're you're stuck with these songs once they're recorded. You have to tell Ray on the new record, dude, Ray would turn to Philly and like, do you like that drum beat? And Philly would say, dude, you're the one that has to play it for the next 10 years, so... <laughs> Make sure you like it. What would be the future of corn? Is there a musical turnaround that could be uh, uh, looked upon for a future album? Say we're going to go back to the old corn sound. What's the future that you foresee for the band? I try not to look too far into the future. All I know is that we have a lot of touring to do between now and when we make the next record. Um, but I wouldn't rule out a reunion. That's, you know, stranger things have happened in this world. Uh, so you never know what happens. It's been an honor and a pleasure talking to you, man. I've been waiting for this opportunity for the last 11 years. <laughs> wow, cool, man. I'm glad we had a few minutes to talk, and thank you for the compliments. I, I, I really appreciate that. I've always fueled on your energy on stage, and oh yeah, one last, very last question. You say on the Deuce DVD that whatever you don't like within yourself, that's the guy you are on stage. Has that changed at all? Do you like yourself a little more on stage now? Yeah, I feel I'm a little more comfortable up there now, and uh, I think, yeah, that's, I think there's a different, a different me. It's sort of like, I still sort of go and try to, you know, feel it and be in the moment and sort of, um, yeah, it's my time to listen to the music and play the, play the music, really, and forget about, you know, whatever's going on in my head. Well, thank you again for your patience, and it's been, again, it's been an honor talking to you, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for following us, and thank you to the fans for following us and, and caring about the band for this long. It's it's pretty rare that a band even lasts this long, and, and it's because of people like you and fans that, that still give a shit. Hey, what's up? This is Monkey from Corn. 
and you're listening to Pace's Playground. Pace's Playground Podcast. Find it, hear it on SoundCloud and iTunes. Comment React Patrol via Twitter at Playground Pod, Facebook.com slash Playground Podcast. Email Playground Podcast at Hotmail.com. Playground Podcast.com.